Welcome to the Holistic Hotties Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Mansfield, and I'm on a mission to help you feel good naked. Not just with your clothes off, but with your masks off. Completely you, completely naked. I want to help you fall so in love with yourself that you can't help but feel good naked. I'm a certified holistic health coach, meditation teacher, and yoga teacher traveling around the world to further satiate a curiosity for all things healing and true. Feeling good naked is so much more than eating healthily, the bubble baths, and the spa days. It's that deep sense of security, that deep sense of safety in your own body. Here, we're going to talk about how to overcome the roadblocks, the mindsets, the beliefs, and the self-imposed limitations that are keeping you from embodying the most radiant, holistically hot version of you. By pressing play, you're one step closer to feeling good naked. Let's do this. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Holistic Hotties. I'm so glad you're here. So I hope the sounds is better on this episode. I am recording on this like super fancy lapel mic. I like, don't even know what that means, but I think the lapel is like the top of the shirt and I have a mic strapped to it. So <laughs> buzzwords for podcasting. Uh, so today I want to talk about a topic that I actually was inspired by listening to another podcast called Boss Babes Podcast, um, and it was an interview with Mel Robbins, and if you don't know who that is, she's a pretty influential um, speaker and person in the self-development and um, kind of like spirituality realm, so she has a ton of other amazing work. Highly recommend looking her up. So she mentioned briefly this discussion of self-love versus being arrogant and kind of walking that line and how to tiptoe that line without crossing into arrogance in both this realm and world of self-love. And how do you be confident without being conceited? And I think that's just such an important conversation. As soon as I heard that, I was like, I want to talk about that. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Because we all know those people who automatically, as soon as they walk into the room, you can feel their arrogance and their kind of like obsession with themselves. And as soon as they start conversing with you, you know, all roads lead to them. Like we all kind of know those people, right? And having those people in our lives is to some degree, like a blessing because it gives us an opportunity to have compassion for the fact that they're deeply insecure and feel deeply unworthy of truly being where they are and in their body and in existence. So it gives us an opportunity to love them and give them the opportunity to transform that insecurity into deep, deep security and thus self-love and true self-love because we also know all those people who genuinely embody a self-love. Like we know what it feels like to be around them because it's warmth and it's inclusion. And we know what that energy feels like because that's what our true existence is. Like we are meant to be in that space of true, deep self-adoration. We are meant to be in that space of deep security and belonging and standing in our highest power like that is where we're meant to exist so when we meet somebody who embodies that and who stands in that energy and that frequency we we feel it we're drawn to them we want to be around them we want to speak to them we just we want it we want some of what they have some of that light some of that levity that is what true self-love feels like you can feel it when it enters the room 
So in moving through these two concepts and making the distinction, I want to offer some of the basic pillars of self-love and also just some mindset shifts in ways that we can reframe situations and experiences to step into this paradigm of unwavering love and compassion for self. First of all, the biggest distinction, I think, between the two embodiments is when you're coming from a place of self-love, you see everybody around you as equally as worthy, as opposed to arrogance, where you are better than somebody else. From a space of self-love, everyone contributes to the tapestry of this existence, of this life, in a different way. Everybody that comes into your life, everybody just walking down the street by you plays a part energetically in creating this show and this existence, this life day to day. So everybody is a part of something bigger. Everyone's a wave in the same ocean. Whereas arrogance existing in this space of separateness, this space of me versus them, this produces a mindset and an existence of better than, which oof, I don't know if you've ever been in that space where you have to be better. You have to achieve more than than the person next to you. You have to outperform everybody else so that you are worthy. And if you don't, then you're not worthy. That is a hard space to be in. I was there for a lot of my life and it's dark and it feels untrue. That place of being and this illusion of separateness that this better than existence and paradigm creates and feeds is so dangerous. There's no room for anybody else to shine because if they shine, it takes away from you. So instead, beginning to adopt this mentality and bringing it into your practices of I'm equally as worthy inherently as every other human being on this planet. I'm equally as lovable. I'm equally as powerful. I'm equally as worthy of existing, of taking up space, of having thoughts and feelings and creating and being abundant as every other human being here. In that space, there's more than enough for everybody. There's more than enough love. There's more than enough attention. There's more than enough wealth and abundance for everybody. There doesn't need to be such a scarcity. And when you start entering spaces from this place of, I'm no better than anyone else. However, I am me and I'm unique and I'm worthy just for simply existing as are they. The fear of judgment and the fear of not impressing and the need to impress and the need to be the best in the room just starts to dissolve because I don't need to be the best in the room. I just need to be me because there's no one else who is me and I don't need to be anything else. I don't need to be anything better. I just need to be and that's enough. And that peace, that energy when someone shows up in that space, completely different quality of connection made because that space gives other people permission to also feel that way about themselves. When you show up in that space and you give yourself permission to love yourself, it allows everybody else, it gives them permission to love themselves too. I think another really important distinction between the two concepts and two paradigms is When you're in a place of self-love, when you have integrated this, whether it be inner child work or just consistent self-compassion into your practices, it starts to become easier to love other people. Loving other people no longer feels like it's taking away because you're no longer loving other people for the sake of being loved in return. You're loving other people because you have this overwhelm, you have this overflow of love to give. 
And yes, we need love in return from the people that we're connected to in our lives and we deserve love in return, but we don't need it to validate that we can love ourselves. We can love ourselves despite the way that anybody else shows up in our lives. We get to love ourselves always and totally. And the other people who show up in our lives, their love is the cherry. It's, it makes life delicious and rich and painful and all of all of the colors on the emotional color wheel. <laughs> it makes life all of those things. But when you don't need it and you're just overflowing, it's like the tap has been turned on and it's never running out. It doesn't feel as transactional to love others. You just get to love and then you get to come back and love yourself. <laughs> it's just a whole freaking love party up in here. <laughs> so, and maybe you felt that from someone who truly loves themselves and you can see it and you can feel it. The way they are with you is loving. They're listening. They're present. They see and they are there to guide you into more of your possibility, into more of your power. And sometimes I don't even know they're doing it. They're just subconsciously giving you permission to do it. But you know when you're around them. Whereas when you're in that space of arrogance, when you're in this need to project a certain image of who you are because who you truly are doesn't feel worthy enough to show up as, when you're in that space, loving others feels impossible. It feels like there's a drip coming out of that same tap that's overflowing for the other. When you're in this space, it feels like a drip is coming out of that tap every 10 minutes. And so you have to sit there and collect those drips to try and survive. And so there isn't enough to give. There isn't enough to give to other people because you're barely able to survive with that amount of water on your own. If you're in this space of self-love, if you're on this journey, if you and if you're listening to this, then you are. If you're on this journey of coming home to yourself, of inviting these practices into your life consistently and truly committed to transforming the way that you think and relate to yourself, then we get to have compassion for the people who have not yet found their own healing or found their own peace or found their own love for self because it's a dark place to be. And it's a saying as old as time and perhaps a cliche, but it's true. The saying of those that are hardest to love need love the most. And so these people that show up in our lives as self-righteous, as arrogant, as better than, as entitled, these people, yes, they're hard <laughs> to love, but they're the ones so far from loving themselves. And if we can help them, if we can show them, if we can remind them of their worthiness, then slowly but surely, like, the world becomes a better place because <laughs> we just have less people putting on a show, putting on a facade, trying to impress, trying to obtain. And we have more people just showing up as who they are, loving, vulnerable, unique, beautiful. I am just quickly interrupting this podcast to let you in on a funny secret. I actually just figured out how to use this microphone. <laughs> I figured out about halfway through I was recording and instead of re-recording it, I'm just putting in this little blurb to call myself out. So if the sound gets drastically better, that's because I literally just figured out after four podcast episodes how to use the microphone, which is really concerning. <laughs> but hopefully that gives inspiration to anybody else out there who wants to start a podcast and is like, you know, I'm too technologically challenged. It's like, okay, freaking same. So <laughs> here we are. Okay, enjoy the rest of the episode. So naturally, the question becomes, how do we get there? How do we 
move further into this space of self-love? How do we cultivate this foundation that then translates and alchemizes into this warmth and truly empowered embodiment? How do we get to that space? And this is a hard question because I think a lot of the narrative and conversation around self-love and how to achieve it, how to find it, all the things, a lot is rooted in these external solutions. And don't get me wrong, a huge part of my own practices are these tangible external routines, whether it be my face routine, um, my dry brushing routine, my just morning routine evening routine like those things that I do I do to myself painting my nails doing things that make me feel good in my body those for sure are things that are part of my practices however they are not the practice like the bubble baths and the spa days and those things that contribute they're not enough they're not potent enough to rewire what needs to be rewired in order to arrive at this place of true, true, deep, unwavering self-love. To get there, we need a deep practice, a mindfulness practice or meditation practice or some sort of spirituality some sort of introspective delving, however that looks to you. So it doesn't have to be meditation. I obviously am like freaking sponsored by the whole concept of meditation. So I, all I do is advertise it. I am so obsessed with it. So for me, it's my meditation and yoga practice, but it can be whatever takes you there, whatever takes you to that space of uncovering and spending time there, uncovering and excavating what is there to be seen and then tenderly holding it and tenderly seeing old versions of self and seeing your child self and forgiving them and hugging them and feeling the and feeling the sensations in your body of past wounds of past trauma and being there for your younger version of self and holding them and parenting them and giving them exactly what they need and noticing how you talk to yourself throughout the day and noticing when it's mean, <laughs> when you're being mean to yourself, coming back and being like, I am sorry, sweetie. I am sorry. And hugging yourself literally out loud most of many times during the day. I'm like, sweetie, we're good. You're okay. <laughs> like, we got this. You know, like I'm always, always talking to myself because we have control over the way we speak to ourselves. We have control over the way that we hold ourselves. And when we're feeling anxious or when we're noticing stories come up about who we are and all the reasons and all the ways that we're doing things wrong, quote unquote, all the things we should be doing, all the reasons we're not doing them and what that means about us and noticing how quickly and easily we believe those stories, like so easily. This happened to me a lot recently and it's just given me so many opportunities to look at the stories I'm choosing to believe and question them and be like, but what if I didn't assign that meaning to this particular experience in my life? Like, what if I don't assign meaning to anything and just let it be and observe and allow myself to dance with everything that's happening and be worthy in all of it? It's just a radical question of like, what if I do that? Like, what if I don't believe this in this moment? 
okay. You all of a sudden create space to create something else, to create a different story, to let go of meaning, to let go of the past defining how you move forward. And so in those moments, that's when you get to come back to yourself and choose you and speak to yourself and hold yourself. Gosh, it is so wonderful to come back and feel held like to feel like you're holding yourself and you've got yourself and no matter what happens like you back you and you could be in pain you could be in heartbreak but at the end of the day like baby I got you that's me to me (laughs) so like that is just a powerful space to be in and that takes consistency and merging these deeper practices journaling meditating again whatever takes you into that introspective uncovering space with these other self-love practices that we know of, whether it be our morning, our evening routines, carving out time to be with yourself, carving out time to move your body and put up boundaries and communicate your emotions. Like these are all different ways to melt into that self-love and slowly but surely consistently pursuing all of those different facets of self-love creates this whole abundant, impenetrable feeling and embodiment of being in your body and who you are and loving it. And that in and of itself is just a different energy than arrogance because it can't be taken away from you. You don't have to be better. You don't have to be powerful. You don't have to be anything other than who you are. So you don't need to show any, you don't need to prove anything. And it is a peaceful space. So I hope this was helpful in just kind of getting juices flowing in your own brain of what are those practices that make you feel energized, make you fall in love with yourself, make you fall in love with your curiosity and your playfulness. What are the practices and what are the things and the hobbies and the people that bring out the best parts of you that help you fall in love with you and prioritize those in your life? Start making time for those people, those practices, those hobbies, those things and show up, show up consistently for them, for yourself. And you will start to see the difference over time. Thank you so much for listening, for being here. If you enjoyed this little mind dump tangent conversation thing, and you think anybody else would benefit from this topic or even just to start the conversation with somebody that you would like to have this with, go ahead and send this their way. I'll be back next Monday. I don't know what I'll be talking about but I'm sure we'll be along these lines of self-love and healing and being holistically hot. So have a wonderful rest of your day, everybody. Sending you love and see you next week. Bye.